Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Welcome to uh, the newest episode of Bay Bay Baseball. Uh, my name is Tyler Hall. And I'm Clayton Improta. Hey, baby. Bay. Hey, baby. Bay. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, we just had a, a series. Uh, well, first, I think you wanted to say hi to someone, Clay. I wanted to just, you know, hey, happy 21st. It's my mom's birthday. Give a special, special shout out to Mary Jane McAllister. Uh, 21st of September, you know what time it is. I guess we could have started <laughs> off this episode with uh, um, dancing in September, but uh, yeah, maybe two on the nose. <laughs> Happy birthday to one of our two most loyal listeners. Clayton's <laughs> <Yes. mom. laughs> well, yeah, so, and then, uh, I mean, I, there was a, a series this weekend. I don't know if you want to talk about it at all. I didn't really pay much attention to it. How, how'd it go? Just kind of blew by for me. Um, I'm glad I was uh, listening to the game on the radio while eating a big thing of ice cream yesterday. Because um, yesterday wasn't as fun to watch, but golly, five out of six. Uh, Tyler decided not, he wasn't going to bet me this year on the Bay Bridge series. Otherwise, he'd be wearing a freaking athletics jersey. But I still haven't worn my Giants jersey to the Bay Bridge series um, exhibition match yet. So our our bet continues from last year, and hopefully next year um, you'll see me in some some orange and black. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to bet. I mean, this year was just kind of weird to begin with, but I, I wanted to collect on my bet and see you in some orange and black before I try to take on anything else. <laughs> got to collect. Got It doesn't doesn't weigh each other out. We got to we gotta collect on the first bet. And also, I, I kind of wanted to see how the whole uh, roster and Kapler weighed out, uh, you know, played out and everything, and so next year, next year we'll have a bet going. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And also, I, I, I do just need to say, I do need to say, without Trevor Gott, they probably split this series three. <laughs> I was really, I was really crossing my fingers in around eighth or ninth inning. Yeah. <laughs> Gott just comes in and gives up thirteen, just right out. Yeah, exactly. That would have been. Would've been the the giant bullpen like catches on fire, so they can't replace him. That's why, you know, I was I was proud of myself for sticking through the last series because I, I, I was about to, you know, when they were up eight runs, I was like, oh, man, I can't watch the Giants beat down the athletics. And, you know, I stayed on. I hung on. So did they. <laughs> Hallelujah. So now <laughs> they just got to hang on. I mean, athletics are not hanging on. They've got they they beat yesterday and screwed that up. So they didn't get the AL West title. So they got to do it in the next four days or they don't have to do it in the next four days and they could do it against the Mariners, but their next four games are against the Dodgers. And I think everyone's going to see a little telltale sign. Are the athletics playoff worthy? Really most of their teams as Tyler and I were talking about off the cast is um, the athletics haven't paid a ton of people with a record over 500, you know, no thanks to the Astros really showing how, how much they're worth without cheating. Um, And the athletics really haven't had the competition that they, you know, that I would have liked to see them prove themselves with. Um, and they're going to go to the Dodgers with this, with this kind of almost new group. I mean, you still have Semyon and you still have Olsen, but um, covering the other sides of the bags, we've got. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, part of being a playoff team is beating the teams you're supposed to beat. So I mean, right, they right. handled their business against the, the, you know, the less uh, 
productive teams. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the playoff push in a little, yeah, little yeah, off, yeah. but I just want to bite the bullet here. Let's get this over with. Game one, <laughs> Friday, 6 nothing A's. Uh, basically, Giants had no offense. Another great game from the pen, though, once uh, Webb was out. They didn't give up any hits or runs. Uh, How did it look from the A's perspective, Clay? You know, I was I, – I just want to say I'm just happy to see Lusardo back. He was on – yeah, Lusardo was on Friday – Oh, no, Lizardo was on Saturday. But Bassett, you know, Bassett was actually fantastic on Friday. Um, and I, it's it's one of the pitchers that I didn't really – I think I thought Mangden might get hot this year, who just was DFA'd. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I thought there were a couple other people in the bullpen I'd see get hot, but Jake Diekman and uh, Chris Bassett have just been excellent. And it's going to be really exciting watching them pitch against some heavier hitters. Um, yeah, I had a feeling it was going to be a rough one on Friday. I've uh, Bassett, someone I've been keeping an eye on all year. He's on all three of my fantasy teams, so I knew that uh, Giants might have a tough go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was—he's just been such on a steady um, improvement over the last years, and got you know, it'll be really exciting to watch him play against a couple other divisions. So, and then uh, game two. This is not a uh, an error. Also six nothing. Uh, <laughs> You know, Giants got a solid start from Gossman. Uh, I think he went five or six, only gave up a run. But then the the big inning, the crooked number from the A's in the in the seventh, they hung a five spot and pretty much put that one to bed. Especially with how the the Giants were hitting. How'd that one look from an A's perspective, Clay? You know, I would say um, it was nice to uh, obviously nice to see Lusardo, like I said earlier, get back out of his slump, and then um, just watching Jake, or should I call him Rake Lamb? Um, just coming in so clutch for the A's for these three games. Um, Sean Don't get too used there. to it. He just kills the Giants. When I saw that the A's picked him up in time for the Bay Bridge series, I was like, oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> he just always seemed to hit well against the Giants. We'll see how he does against anybody else. He's like one of those guys for the Giants. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, you play with Arizona for a number of years, and that's the team that you watch all the time. It, it makes sense. Um but, you know, fantastic. I mean, pretty amazing to have him over here on the A's. You know, I'm thinking for so long that we were going to – I couldn't imagine a playoff series without Matt Chapman. Um, and here we are with a, with an all-star, um, or at least somebody who's coming back into his all-star um, kind of mode. Uh, so, it'd be – he's up – he's hitting at 200, and hopefully that just keeps getting better. Yeah. And then uh, game three, 14-2 Giants. The offense remembers that they're there to score <laughs> runs, uh, you know, couple big home runs a Crawford grand slam even if you will uh at least I I mean if you're gonna lose a series and you're only gonna win one game I want it to be the last one and hopefully they can carry that on into their next uh next series coming up against Colorado starting tonight but uh how'd that one look from an ace perspective Clay it was Mike Fires on Sunday right yesterday Uh, I believe so yes yeah yeah well not surprising um you know from him <laughs> he's, he's really his pitches notes don't come in hot enough i think why he was so successful for so many years is his five pitches i mean he can really um play the plate when he when he needs to or when he when he's hot um and then we just see that now these you know whoever he's playing against seems to have a good read on you know when he throws that change up at 80 you know a little 80 mile per hour you know, inside job, they're able to get a hold of it. Um, and the Giants really just took advantage of him. And then by the time they got to Lou Trevino, you kind of saw where the holes were in the A's bullpen. I mean, we have a really hot 
bullpen, but um, there's there's some severe gaping holes, and it's that opportunity in the late, um, or I guess as the Giants showed all through the game, but real opportunity in the late innings to take advantage of um, of the A's, and that's probably why they need more than one game. You know, they they. Uh, yeah, I mean, this yeah. is why I play. That's why baseball you play series in the playoffs, not single games for the right. most part. You know, you can't always have a fully all-star team, but uh, whoop, you know, this will be four games in a row with the Dodgers. You'll see the holes. <laughs> and that, hey, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> and, and also, my mom is listening to this. <laughs> happy birthday, mom! Uh, and then, and then uh, you know, before the series, we put a poll out there: who would win? You know, the uh, majority chose the Giants. Obviously, they were wrong, but they did finish with a nice sixty-nine percent approval rating. Sixty-nine uh, percent said the Giants would win, so at least we had a fun, fun result there. Even though apparently most of our listeners were wrong. <laughs> well, you know, could have could have come in hot, turned things around, but uh, I mean, that last game was was pretty interesting. I. It's pretty interesting watching Anderson pitch, and you know, I always get a little jealous watching Cueto pitch. Um, it's not like you guys are totally defenseless. And, and what do you guys think? You, you got the Brewers. Who's the threats? The Giants are pretty much everybody at the bottom. Yeah, the, the threats for the Giants is like half the National League. Uh, yeah, so we're we're getting into the playoff push portion of the uh, of the episode now. Let's talk quickly though about the uh, the rosters that these teams are going with into the final week. I know there are. You kind of touched on Lamb already. There are some guys you're excited for on the A's. Yeah. Uh, how, but, how's the roster shaping up for this push? Well, unfortunately, the the injury list kind of contributed to it, um, other than the acquisition of Mike Miner, who had a good two first outings, and then um, that's who blew the lead. Mike Miner, he was on yesterday. It wasn't Mike Fires, but um, some people in the cast might know why I got confused, but um, – <laughs> You know, fires have been mixed up with miners for a few years now. Hey, yeah, allegedly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that one to the to to your opinion. Um, so yeah, Mike Miner is the one who gave it up yesterday. He had a couple, um, you know, really good games, and then of course yesterday um, kind of blew it. Uh, yeah, but... he's one of those starters that seems to be like feast or famine. He's either on or. He's in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. And he's getting up. I mean, he's, I think he's with 31, 33s. He's getting up there. So it's, uh, it's nice. I think it's nice to have um, with the young guys that they have in that bullpen to have these kind of um, seasoned, seasoned guys. You know, it might not be bad to have minor and fires around there just to kind of um, show the young guys uh, how, what playoff experience is. Um, and I think that's the nice thing about having Listella too, is and and Jake Lamb is they both they both are going to walk in um, knowing how to play in a playoff game. Yeah, um, and I, you know, and I I think too, uh, you know, we've talked about before. We were at the AL Wild Card game together last year, and you know, at least this year it'll be multiple games in that opening round. So you know, the the A's are going to start getting some playoff experience for their whole roster here. Hope hopefully for them it's for more than one series, but you know they'll if, if they come out quiet in the first game again they'll have some time to bounce it back and you know just kind of get more comfortable in the postseason exactly yeah no it'd be nice to um know that know for sure that i'll be able to watch more than one postseason athletics game um so (laughs) moving on from that but yeah another another new guy that i really like that they called up is jonah heim um i think we all thought we were going to see austin allen a ton this year and he uh i don't know at what point he didn't prove that he was going to be the player that he was going to be, but Jonah Himes um, been this awesome secondary to Sean Murphy. Um, and we saw both of them in the series this weekend, but 
Uh, Jonah Heim's kind of a cool, um, if you kind of read up on him, um, just kind of, uh, um, unfortunately a Yankees fan, but he's from Northern New York and, um, kind of scrapped his way up. And it's, uh, if you read some stories, his, his dad took on two jobs to help push him through the minor leagues and, um, just kind of a cool, uh, cool story that he made it all the way up to, to the majors and he's doing very well. It's exciting to see him on the A's. So, um, congratulations, Jonah. Yeah. Awesome. And living, living Sean Murphy, that's why I'd put it a little, um, had his glove hit four times against the Giants. So I've got just wanted a catcher question from you. Um, if you know, is it, the, if the catcher gets hit on the glove four times, it's probably the catcher putting his mid a little close, or are the Giants sitting back in the box? No, nah, it's, I mean, <laughs> major league hitters always, I mean, most of the time, if you see them, they're right on the back edge of that box. Um, I mean, I've seen more catcher interference this year just across baseball as a whole. I mean, mm-hmm. with the A's, with the Giants, you know, Yachty, Molina's been hit a few times. You know, there's everything with, you know, all the new with the analytics and, and stuff. They're trying to get catchers to just move in a little closer to be able to frame that low pitch better. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of just accepting that the catcher's going to get hit a few times. I mean, four times is a little excessive, but they're willing to kind of on the, you know, that's rare to happen even still at the rate it is happening. It's not happening all the time. So they're thinking that gaining those lower strikes is worth the handful of catchers interferences you're going to get. Um, I mean, talk about framing the pitch. I mean, this season, what a, I, I just watched a recent video of the amount of middle, middle balls that have been called. Yeah. I mean, it's been pretty wild. Yeah, it's been a, I mean, obviously been a, it's been a very forever. 2020 season, but you know, I, I caught, I mean, I only, my illustrious career only went through high school and I never had a catcher's interference. It's just, so it's so weird to me just to see it happening so much, but you know, it's a, a change in mindset is one of many in, in baseball that's becoming a trend. And uh, that's why you're seeing that a little more often. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You might've seen Bob Melvin complaining a little bit on the field, but that's because he spent 10 years behind the plate. So yeah, obviously confusing from a patch, catcher's yeah, perspective. Man. I thought it was strange. I mean, I like I was saying, though, I, I don't think you can put it on the hitters because they always line up at the very back of the box. So the, the batters aren't moving any further back than they already have been for the past, you know, decades. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. just the catchers getting up a little closer than uh, they're used to. And maybe, you know, that they'll probably figure out where the happy medium is to where they're not as far back as they were, but not close enough to get slapped in the hand. Uh few times because that doesn't feel good no no that, I, I, that would uh possibly take you out of a couple of games if they hit you hard enough yeah um, especially you know with some of these guys you know some there's some important catchers out there to some lineups so you know you don't want to could you imagine if like a guy like molina or like buster or bard or something if they like broke their hand because they got catchers interference you know yeah. it's, a, it's a i mean catchers already take enough beating as it is so well, sure yeah, they'll, they'll figure out where the best place is to set up as they get more comfortable with this approach. Got to be one of those stat head things where, you know, they're they're finding better records with catchers getting closer. I mean, it's got to be one of those proven. Yeah, it's, about, it's, yeah, it's all about stealing those low strikes. You know, the ones that are a little lower, if you catch it sooner, it looks higher to the umpire than it really was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it's a great Sean, – Sean Murphy's a great framer. <laughs> yep. Um, then – really quick not the Giants haven't done too much recently they didn't really do anything at the deadline uh in immediate news uh Dick is back tonight in the lineup uh hey. he's missed a couple days on a paternity leave so uh welcome to the club 
uh, Dickerson, uh, the dad club. Uh, Yaz, though, still missing in action. They haven't really given a solid timetable when Yaz is back, and he's been pretty much the offensive MVP for this club this year. So hopefully he gets back to help make this push for the playoffs sooner than later. Um, that they, they did DFA Pablo, which was, you know, I mean, they have so many options at the corner infield spots now that if your job is going to be DH occasionally and pinch hit and you're not hitting, that doesn't bode well for you having a job. So, uh, you know, they had to bid Panda adieu. They picked up uh, Smoke, who was very fitting. It was while we were having all the uh, air quality issues here in the Bay. But then he got DFA'd again today. So, you know, it was a great 0-6 effort from Smoke, uh, forever giant. Um <laughs> Some of the guys getting more run recently, especially with Yaz being hurt. Uh, Basabe, it's Basabe season. You know, he's kind of a guy that, you know, a lot of the scouting report on him was that he was just kind of over anxious, didn't take a lot of walks. Uh, and, you know, maybe it's credit, more credit to the Giants hitting coaches that have kind of helped turn some guys around. He's taken some awesome, some, had some great at bats and drawn some walks. Great in the great, he got most of his first uh, outings as defensive replacement or pinch runner. He's stolen a few bags. He's made some solid plays in the outfield. Uh, and then uh, Robertson's kind of filled part of that void that they, uh, part of the reason they were comfortable letting Panda go. He can kind of play all over the infield and he's uh, a serviceable guy with the glove and with the bat. So, you know, and then, you know, the rotations kind of, you know, hit and miss. We might be getting Shark back. He might be starting one of the double headers against San Diego. If not, he's a good guy to have out of the bullpen. You know, he can eat some innings. So if we get into a a slop game, we can save the bullpen and just uh, put the shark out there. But uh, yeah, it's not not too much has gone on with the Giants roster as far as acquisitions this season. But uh, that's our that's our crew for this playoff push, and we'll uh, we'll see how this last week plays out. It's going to be pretty wild. Well, yeah, and I think you were mentioned. I think you touched on Solano. Solano has been a surprise. I mean, over here, at least, just watching you guys from a distance. But I mean, wow, what is yeah? I mean, Donnie Barrels. I think I said, you know, Yaz is probably the offensive MVP, and if it's not Yaz, it's Solano. He's been, you know, just consistent. He always, you know, almost always gives you a, a good at bat. Uh, he's right up there. I haven't looked at the batting average uh, breakdown in a while, but uh, he's you know right up there competing for the the batting title. So whatever that means in a sixty game season to anybody. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean Solano's been clutch. They've found. I mean, his glove. I mean, is scary. I, I wish he could DH, but uh, <laughs> but uh, he's had some. Uh, defensive miscues but he's been so good with the bat that you got to have him in the lineup so you got to kind of take the good with the bad but yeah Solano has been awesome for the Gigantes this year oh yeah I don't think we want to talk about defensive miscues after Saturday that was yeah I started to feel bad for your pitcher oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) I was like damn I would be I wouldn't talk to the outfield for the rest of this freaking series but (laughs) yeah I mean it's tough you know Pitchers yeah. won't really ever. I mean, if they're a good teammate, they won't do anything at least publicly. You know, to call out their defense. You know, they you gotta. You know, they they make good plays behind you. They make bad plays behind you. It's a long season. A little oh no, no. Year, but I was just saying silent treatment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the playoff push is upon us, Clay. Uh, we got the A sitting at thirty three and twenty. Yeah. Uh, what do you What do you think in the rest of the way? Well, I, I think that the Mariners. Um, is kind of a given unless they just decided to, you know, let up, which we've obviously 
figured they're not going to do with a 60 game. You're going to try and get every single game that you can out of this season um, and get as, you know, rack it as much as you can as a personal player um, for the end of the season. Uh, so I, I, I think just the Mariners series uh, gives us the shoe in. We've got our, you know, knock on wood if we don't lose every game here on out. Um, got oh, that know, spot. I mean, the, the A's are what? They're six up on Houston with seven to go. Yeah, exactly. They got, they got they're a, seven and three versus Houston this year, so they have the tiebreaker on Houston. All that, all that, all that happens is the A's need to win a game, or Houston needs to lose a game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the A's could lose out and probably still win the division unless Houston runs the table. Right, right. No, exactly. That's what I was saying. At that point, you know, I think that's the nice thing for the A's is they can actually. Um, I know that they want to grind out and get that AL West, but now they can actually, you know, decide kind of. Here's here's how we need to look at this series, and here's how we need to go into focus on a playoff spot because um, you know they that that's where they've classically failed, and over the last you know thirty um, odd years trying to get back to where they were as the magical nineteen eighty nine A's, and um, you know having how, how many nine series in a row or nine uh, one offs in a row that you lost. Um, that's that's got to be scary and got to be nervous going into. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, the good news for them is they've basically locked up the home field for the wild card series, and that's really the only time seating will really matter because all the rest of the playoffs would be on a neutral site anyway. So there'll be there'll be three games, or you know, if necessary, three games at the Coliseum in a couple weeks. Um, they are they're what a game and a half behind Tampa, I think it was half a game behind Chicago. I mean, they're, they're going to host the playoff series. and But, you know, the last few seeds, too, it's not even like you could almost play to the, who you want to match up with because the bottom of both of these playoff races are so wild that you can't – you don't know who's going to be in what spot. Right, right. Well, and I think that's the, you know, the goal everyone would – we uh, of anybody, you'd rather play the um, Astros. That'd be the team that you'd want to pick, um, just how they've been playing this season. And then your, of course, history with the team – um, they got something to prove against the Astros that why were the Astros number one and we weren't. Um, and that's what the point you got to prove this year. And I think that just proves it to a lot of people who watch these. I know you'll get on me for classically calling them the underdogs, but, you know, I just don't think there's a lot of fear. I think when they walk into a ballpark, there's not a lot of um, nervousness from other teams about the A's. I think that's what's their advantage. I think, uh, um yeah, so maybe you should embrace the underdog and not not uh, want to not be the underdog. I mean, I'd rather be underestimated and come in and punch someone in the oh, mouth instead I, of. I, I, it's not that I want to. I don't want to be it. I just, I just want to wave the flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, anyway, well, you know, so anyway, so yeah, going into the season, things uh, to watch for is going to be the pitching. We got Lozardo decided to pick up a new slider. I guess he did it all, uh, Jake Diekman. Um, I was hoping this series we'd see a Deekman versus uh, um, Deekman versus Dickerson uh, little matchup, but um, Deekman has 18 innings pitched this season with a 0.00 ERA. I mean, if that's not a special mention um, for just a relief pitcher, uh, I don't know what is. These are 17 and one when they put him in. Um, so is there a little magic card? Um, so well, yeah, I, so I mean, the good news for the A's kind of being able to lock up the division here as soon as tonight, possibly. How do you think they'll line up their rotation for the the wild card series? Who do you who do you think they'll be trying to throw out there game one? Um, I think game. You know, I from what I'm hearing from everybody, I'd like to see, and I, what I'd like to see is Bassett. Um, I mean, he just opens things up, and he's as you know as well, uh, he's has a, having a fantastic season, um, and. 
I think I'd, I'd like to see Bassett open up the first game. I'd like to see Luzardo in the second game. And then I think you could give the third game to Montes or um, or Fires or Manea. I think the three of them have just <laughs> equaled out um, on just well, you know, ideally for the A's, there wouldn't be a game three anyway. So right, exactly. Ideally, there isn't a game three, but I think you know Vasit and, and Luzardo um, have really shown their shown their weight in gold. Um, but yeah, Manea and and Fires, you know they. It's funny there. I, I have both of their no hitter um, uh, tickets posted up in my room, but uh, you know that it's funny. The team, the team that I thought they would be going into the playoffs is no Chapman, no AJ Puck that we thought was going to be hot this year, no, um, you know, Manaya and Fires aren't our two hot pitchers that were thrown in game one like we did last year. Um, so it's it'll be it's it's pretty exciting to see what they'll do, but um, didn't expect Pender and Chapman to be out. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll see what they do. See uh, see how the playoffs fare at the Coliseum this year. That's right. Well, I'll uh, be I'll be cheering on the Giants. Hopefully, they can knock a couple uh, wins and meet us meet us somewhere down the road. Yeah, somewhere would be the World Series in Arlington, and that would sound delicious. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah. So right now, you know, the Giants they're tied for the eighth seed uh if you look at the standings they're in 10th but all all eight nine and ten are all 500 we got the reds at 27 and 27 and then the giants and the brewers 26 and 26 the the interesting thing is the tiebreaker this year with you know not they're not trying to add any games or anything so the tiebreaker will be record against your own division and right now the giants have 17 losses against the west so that puts them uh they're back in the tiebreaker behind pretty much every team in the hunt right now. But the good news for the Giants is all eight of their remaining games are against the division. So if they're in a spot to where they're still tied with someone, they most likely will have improved their divisional records. Hopefully that'll at least put them in a spot to where they'll have a tiebreaker over at least a few of these teams. Uh, They got four against Colorado starting tonight. Uh, a, A win or two against them will pretty much knock Colorado out of the race. And then they got four against San Diego, which they've played them tough all year. The, they have had a hard time with San Diego, but I'm hoping uh, – this is really hard for me to say. Let me take a deep breath. I'm hoping the Dodgers will have the division locked up by the time the Padres come to town <laughs> so that the San Diego feels like they can rest, you know, a Clevenger, rest uh, Machado or Tatis, maybe don't play them at least all four games, kind of get them rested up and in a good spot for their playoff series, wherever that is, because they're also pretty much locked into that four seed as the top second place team. They won't really have much to play for if the division's already out of play. So, you know, but the Giants also have to hop some teams. They'll have to hop, you know, a Cincy, a Milwaukee, a Philly. And, you know, some of these teams have the tougher schedule than than the others. Uh, Milwaukee has – Milwaukee probably has the toughest. They've got three against Cincinnati, five against St. Louis, all teams in the hunt. Uh, One thing that I've noticed is kind of funny is St. Louis might only end up playing 58 games, and we'll see if that comes into play. I mean, I would be pretty pissed off whether I'm a – whether they're – if they end up making it with a similar record and they play two less games, and they play two less games because they decided to go out and take a chance with the Rona – I'm going to be uh, pretty upset if my team doesn't make it over a team who had to play less <laughs> games because they had an outbreak. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's that is an interesting way. And wonder what uh, you know what what did Bamford say was the uh, at the beginning of the season if your team isn't whole they they should just boot them then 
right? Because your team wasn't whole enough to play the two games, so you take two L's. If that's the not that I like that rule at all, I think that's a garbage way to go about it. But um, that's that's the that's what you get when you uh, have the commission doing what it's doing. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, As I mean, you screw over teams. Yeah, well, hopefully at least from the Giants' outlook, they'll just they'll play a good final week of ball here and get in on their own accord, and St. Louis can have a tiebreaker fight against someone else hopefully <laughs> yeah absolutely well um over here I, it's been pretty evened out at the top um i mean cleveland um being the one team that you know you're wondering if they're going to make that wild card um but tampa white Sox, and the twins looks like they're the teams to be over here on the on this side um with- yeah you know like it's it's always weird when you get to the playoffs you know hot team you know you could be at the bottom. You could be, you know, with the eighth play, eighth seed and get hot at the right time. And also, it's, you know, there's really only – they're not planning on having any days off between games once you start your series. So, like, the wild card will be three straight days. The division series will be five straight days. They're not taking any days off once the series starts. So, it'll be pretty interesting to see how that, you know. And also, that's going to be, you know, usually playoff teams will only carry – four starters for the most part in most series because with the days off you can have your one your number one starter start three games in a series if you need that's not going to be the case especially you know once you get to the the league championship series you have seven days in a row of games like you're going to need at least four but probably five solid starters right right which i mean we theoretically have (laughs) yeah and not but yeah to my point is not all teams do that it's gonna be it's just a different year all the way across the board than, than we're used to seeing. Even right. the playoffs will be different. Well, it'd be nice to get another but, shot against Tampa. I mean, I know they've been having a hot season, but I think that that's partially due to how poorly the Yankees have been doing. Um, that was the Yankees have been getting a little hot too, though. Exactly. Well, they're jumping up at the end, and then um, Houston never did that, though. So um, I think that would be the ultimate um, cream on the on icing on the cake would be if for some reason the Mariners pulled off the four that they need against Houston and Houston lost four. Um, Mariners beating Houston would be almost sweeter than beating Houston in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's going to be an interesting uh, final week. Hopefully, you know, we'll probably try to get – uh, an episode out after this all plays out we can hopefully talk about the the bay area having two uh major league baseball playoff teams that'd be right that'd be right well we'll just have to keep doing this podcast then if that's what happens yeah hopefully we're doing this podcast through the end of uh, october oh yeah hey baby well hey baby well uh you know let's we gotta you know, shout out one more time to clayton's mom happy birthday happy birthday also uh, muito obrigado to our muito obrigado. Caribbean listeners and uh as always a special thank you to a f- friend of the podcast hurricane chris we'll hey, uh baby. we'll catch you guys next time thank you guys hey baby see you next time that next time <laughs> Hey, baby, 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 hey,